At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It's the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Holden with Vison hanging out with you. We got Josiah Clark coming on today. Really good with numbers here in the Denver area. We're going to break down some NFL bets with you, and then Joe Madden, my friend, from the Joe Madden Podcast. Lots to discuss here. I do have a best bet, finally, for Broncos and Bills. I'll get into some concerns with the teams. I want to tell you, (laughs) I want to tell you about what happened last night. Holy shimoli, did I have the sweat of all sweats in the history of the world. Uh, Some Melvin Gordon news, Melvin Gordon and Javante, and then I'm going to have a Rockies-Giants bet for you, okay? So let's get right into this, and we'll start with the Bills and the Broncos, okay? So we look at this game, and we know now that the Bills are going to play, the Bills starters are going to play a significant amount. That's what uh, they were saying on that side. You've also got the Broncos, who we know almost all the starters are not going to play. A couple may go out there. For the most part, you won't see Russ. You won't see the studs defensively, many of the studs defensively. Uh, probably see some more uh, Browning, Baron Browning. Maybe, maybe not. But here are the lines right now. Again, it's lined open at one, then it went to three, four, four and a half, five, and now Bills minus five and a half, minus 117. You want to take the five and a half with the Broncos, it's minus 104. You know, normally you take five and a half on the road with a good team, but this is the backup, so I'm not going there. Broncos money line plus 195. Bills money line minus 245. Why are we bothering with that? Although I got a little parlay. I rarely give parlays, but I got a parlay coming up here. 
And then the total is 41 and a half. Uh, 39 and a half is where it opened. Saw it as high as 42, got in at 42. 41 and a half, I am just fine with. Minus 114 to the over, minus 107 to the under. Okay, so <laughs> check out the numbers here. 96% of the money on the Bills money line. That means a ton of people are betting minus 245. Have fun with that. 91% uh, of the money is on the over. So I'm bucking a trend here. And 98% of the money is on the Bills minus five and a half. Like everybody's on the Bills, which kind of makes me start thinking maybe we could even go with the Broncos, but I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it because if we see a full half from the Bills starters, I think that that hurts the Broncos offense a lot. And obviously the Bills are going to score. It might not even be a wash. It might be a wash because again, the Buffalo offense will be out there. I don't think it's Josh Allen's going to be super sharp. Last year, they threw him in there in the preseason. It took him, you know, a while to get going. They also gave him 26 pass attempts. And then if they got their starters, including Von Miller, well, I think it's going to be kind of tough for Josh Johnson and this offense to move the ball for at least a half. So um, that's why I kind of think it's a, a bit of a wash as far as the total goes. So I'll say this again. Last year in the preseason, third preseason game, Allen threw 26 times, played the entire first half, okay? Um, but Allen and the passing offense were not that good. So you look at the other side, okay? Here is something very interesting that the Bills are saying. Another factor that weighed in on the decision for the Bills' offensive starters or starters to play is a change in offensive coordinator. Taking over for Brian Dable, new coordinator Ken Dorsey will look to master the art of play calling. Ah, interesting. So they're going to run him out because they got a new play caller. Now, listen to this. Guess who else has a new play caller? The Broncos. But, but the Broncos play caller is their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who does not feel like he's going to need that. And Nathaniel Hackett hasn't called plays before, but he, f he feels confident enough to where he's not going to have to play, uh, call plays here in the preseason with the starters. Okay. So, you're going to see starters on both sides of the ball for the Bills that will downgrade the Denver offense. Uh, you really can't find team totals when it comes to this, and, and that's fine. I would, you know, I, I would bet the Broncos team total over. And if I do the math, I'm not, listen, I'm not a, a genius at math, but if you got a five and a half point spread and you got a 41 and a half point total, what is that? Uh, like 24 to 19? That would be 43. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just bad at the numbers, but you can figure it out yourself. So ultimately, the under is my play at 41 and a half. The under 41 and a half will be the official play. I got 42. If you get 42, get in there. Uh, there's still a chance this thing uh, moves, moves above 42. I'm, I'm telling you, to 42 and a half even, day of the game. But as far as the side of the, the uh, spread goes, I'm not doing it. With a parlay that I'm going to throw out, okay? The parlay I'm going to throw out is this. We bet the Ravens again last week. We won on the spread. We won on the money line. Well, if you take the Ravens to win their umpteenth straight preseason game, what are they now, 19-1-1 in their last 21? If you take them on the money line at the Cardinals minus 250, and then you back that up with the Bills minus 245, you get a parlay, just about even money, minus 104. Um, normally minus 104, I'd want plus money here. That's close enough. I feel very good about this bet. So the other bet will be 
the Ravens and the Bills money line. Yes, I think the Bills win this game outright. Um, if you're upset about that, you got to relax. Uh, betting against uh, the team that you like can be profitable. And we're going to do that. But again, the under is the way we're going. That's number one on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Now, I, I got to tell you about last night's sweat in the Chicago-Seattle game. Holy moly. Pete Carroll, it's not fun betting preseason under Pete Carroll. Because Pete Carroll tries until the very last second of the game. So, I think the total I had was 42 and a half. And I'm freaking out, man. I'm totally freaking out because, <laughs> because you've got this monster lead. There's no way in hell that this game is going to the over late. And we've got, we're, we're sitting pretty, right? And then Seattle scores a late touchdown. I'm saying to myself, boy, there's two minutes left. We should be able to take care of business here. I'm not too worried about it. Seattle scores. Okay. Pete Carroll is not going to use his timeouts. We'll be fine. Guess what happened? We had an onside kick from Pete Carroll. We had a pass interference down the field. Pete Carroll used all three of his timeouts with less than a minute to play. And I, again, I'm freaking out. It's like, why? Why are you doing this? And I understand. He doesn't give a damn about betting. And I don't blame him for that. He's just trying to get his team ready. So we're sitting here. We're sitting here at a total of 38. 27, 11, bears on top. Got an under 42 and a half in this game. Totally freaking out. Again, Seattle, late touchdown, two-point conversion. We're at 38. Uh-oh. Onside's kick. Uh-oh. Pete Carroll keeps going, man. He's using three timeouts. All three of his timeouts with under a minute to go. Deep pass interference. I don't know what the hell we're doing here with pass interference. Under a minute left and a blowout. That was stupid. And then on that final drive, under a minute, with seconds remaining, it looked as though there was a touchdown scored by the Seahawks. Ultimately, the call was overturned. The ball hit the ground. So I had already lost. I was like, God, we lost this game. That was just a, that was horrible. It turned out to be one of the biggest sweats I've ever had. Not because of the money that was down on it. It's a preseason game. But God, I really want to win that thing. When you know you've already won a bet, that it's almost done and then it flips over and you almost lost the bet and then they tell you they overturn it but we still had four more plays right there at the goal line for seattle to score and they couldn't score thank god zero points a win for us it goes to the under still undefeated in the preseason team denver city cast presented by bet rivers okay so that was the big sweat Number two on the front range for the four biggest stories on the front range. Let's get to number three and go back to tonight's game, our preseason game. Actually, tomorrow's game, Saturday night. Um, what am I looking for in preseason game number two? Number one, I want better offensive line play and correlating with that, a better running game. The offensive line looked like a disaster, especially early in the game against Dallas. Mike Boone was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. All the running backs were. Uh, so I, I need to see better. And we, we just need to see better. It's as simple as that. Improvement from last week. The defense has been kicking the offense's ass here in camp and practices and everything. Uh, next one, Josh Johnson versus Brett Rippon. 
I think Johnson's got the edge here. He's a veteran. 27 signings and re-signings with 14 different NFL teams. Good chance he's played for your team. Uh, to go along with 17 cuts and then games in the UFL, the XFL, but he has the experience. And let's see if he can move the ball against the Bills' first-team defense, including Von Miller. Because last week against Dallas, the offense stunk. They started the game with a punt, a punt, a turnover on downs, and then they scored a touchdown on the fourth drive. But the first three drives were bad. And this is another reason why I'm looking at the under. They, they struggled against second and third stringers for the Cowboys last week. And now you got first stringers here for at least a quarter and probably more. Last week, punt, punt, turnover, touchdown. Uh, wide receivers. I mean, this is this was fun last week. This was one of the best, uh, the best position units that you could have thought of. You had Johnson, you had Williams. Is one of those two guys separate themselves for the final wide receiver spots? I want to see more Montreal Washington again. Love this kid when they picked him, when they selected him in the draft. Looks like a good returner, and I'd like to see him get some targets, a couple more targets in the passing game. Let's see what he can do uh, on the defense. Who steps up in Jonas Griffith's absence? I don't know. We're going to find out. Does anybody step up at inside linebacker? Going to be watching that. And lastly, can Baron Browning duplicate his excellent performance from last week? If he does, boy, oh boy, especially against the first team with Buffalo, then you got to start thinking they've got something super special here in Baron Browning. Now, getting back to the run game real quick, okay? Um, Melvin Gordon talked about not playing in the preseason. He's not playing. Javante's not playing. I'm fine with that. He goes, if we don't make the preseason games, we'll still be ready for the Seahawks. We get after it in practice. We understand Hackett looks after us. So we look after him as far as doing what we need to do out there. Okay. That's great. He knows he's likely not playing in the preseason. Nick Cosmiter from the athletic had something very, very interesting that he said, he goes, I have little doubt. After watching the 20 or so practices that the Broncos have had since the end of July, that the two players, and that would be Javante and Melvin Gordon, will have something resembling an equal workload. Remember, earlier in the week, Melvin Gordon came out and he said, what? Oh, they're going to give Javante. He's going to be the number one. He's going to be the lead dog. You know, he doesn't want to have it that way. But he says that when really it's going to be a closer split than you think it is. Um, Cosmider goes on to say, are they going to land on the exact number of carries like they did last year at 203? Probably not, but I think Williams alleged Gordon in the attempts category, but not by a significant amount that people may have thought when the season ended last year. So very, very interesting. Couple of thoughts on this. First of all, why waste precious touches in the preseason? Just save them for when it counts. You're hoping to play 2021 games this year. Seriously. You know, if you can get home field advantage, roll through the playoffs, you play 20 games. You don't get home field advantage, you roll through the playoffs, get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, you play 21 games, save it. Every single touch counts. Here's the other thing. I tell you, I don't bet the preseason player props just because of the injury attrition rate, especially at running back. But the more you look at this, in order for Javante to get to 1,000 yards, and I think you'll see him between 925 and a half and 950, right? There might have to be an injury for Melvin Gordon. That's, that might be the way, that might be the only path that it gets there. And then, God forbid, 
Javante goes down. And then you get a massive, massive touch number here from Elvin Gordon. So what does this all tell me? Stay away from the rushing props even more than you already are. All right, what is that? Number two on the front range four? The four biggest sports stories on the front range? Let me tell you something real quick. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets. I'm going to talk some baseball here in a second. Check out the new same-game parlays. Every game this baseball season. You can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combo. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same game parlays at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app. Make your baseball same game parlays today. You got to be 21. You must be located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800 522 4700. All right, let's get into number three on the front range four. Four biggest sports stories on the front range. We have not talked a lot of Rockies lately. They are an abject disaster. They are an embarrassment. Here are the lines, though. Remember, the Giants just own the Rockies. What, they won a dozen straight or something like that? Um, well, the Rockies have won three of the ten games against the Giants this year. That's three and seven. Rockies, ooh, some money coming in on them. I saw them at plus 145. They're now at plus 138. Giants minus 157. The run line here, minus 105 for the Giants, minus one and a half, plus one and a half for the Rockies, minus 114. And then 11. So I saw this at 11 and a half. You can still get 11 and a half on Bet Rivers at minus 132. 11 is the total here. There's so many ways to attack this. On one side, you can look at a lot of runs. On the other side, you can see not a lot of runs. On one side, you can see the Giants rolling here. On the other side, you can see the Rockies rolling here. This is a tough, tough game to handicap, but I'm going to handicap it anyways. So the pitching matchup tonight at Coors Field, Alex Wood, Jose Arrania, the weather, 73 degrees, low 70, so it's not going to be hot. The ball might be dying now. 73 degrees, winds blowing in 7 to 10 miles an hour. Now, in yesterday's blowout loss in St. Louis, that was ugly, man. 13 zip. Senzatella was injured. Charlie Blackman had to leave with an injury. And the Rockies got swept. They were outscored in the three games, 23-5. to Come on now, Rockies. Rockies' bullpen is kind of cooked, although Austin Gomber did take up a ton of innings yesterday. Now, let's not forget, even though the Rockies stink, they're still 33-30 and at home. They're an above-average team at home. They have lost their last five games in a row overall. And six of nine against the Giants this year. So they're three and six, not three and seven against the Giants this year. But a good team at home are the Rockies. Last time at course, 38 runs scored in three games, 17 games, 17 runs came in the first game. In the other two games, we had 21 runs. It was warm, it was hot. Again, the weather not great tonight for hitting. That being said, Alex Wood really struggles at Coors. The, the uh, starting pitcher for the, for the Giants, 8-2-6 ERA and 40 in a third innings, and he gives up an 8-54 OPS in Coors. He's awful in Coors. Money coming in on the under. We could go oppo and take um, 11.5 under, but we're not going to. We're going to get crazy here. Again, I'm starting to see some sharp money coming in on the Rockies. I know it's going to be tough to back them. Again, a good home team, possibly without Charlie Blackman. 
Wood struggles here. Arania, eh. But the Giants' offense stinks. So here we go. We're making the official bet. I'm taking a huge dog tonight. Rockies coming home after being embarrassed in St. Louis. Give me the Rocks plus 138. Also want to mention this. I told and I told Mark Springer this yesterday. You give me a plus 300 dog and I'm going to back them. And the Padres and the Nationals last night, Padres were like, what, minus 350? Nationals plus 310. Bet it. Nationals won 3-1 to one or 3-2, to two, whatever it was. How about that? Yeah. And tonight, Nationals plus 280. I'm not going to go back to back here on that number. But just don't forget, because the team is, you know, minus 300, minus 400, uh, there's a decent chance they're going to lose because it has happened quite a bit this season. All right, finally, number four in the front range four, uh, Deshaun Watson. Let me address this again real quick because I've had some time to think about it. Watson, what is it, 11 games, $5 million, shockingly comes back, faces the Houston Texans. What, a, what an amazing storyline that'll be. Um, the suspension starts on August 30th. So he can still play preseason games, apparently. He'll be allowed back in the Browns facility on October 10th. And he can practice November 14th. The game that he'll be back for is December 4th against the Texans. So again, he can play in the preseason. He'll be back with the facility uh, early October, practicing in mid-November, first game December 4th. My reaction when the ruling came down, boy, I was hoping he would get suspended for the year. Had a feeling it wouldn't. Uh, the next thought was, whoa, week 13 against the Texans. Totally ironic that he's coming back that week. Watson, without knowing him, seems like a bad guy. You don't do what you do and then have a condescending apology and then say he was sorry because people were triggered, not because of the things that he did. He maintains his innocence despite the fact that there's overwhelming evidence that he did something wrong. It's not a good guy. This is not a good guy. And Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, not a good guy. He and Dan Snyder are the two worst owners in the NFL. Always controversy going on with these two owners, with these two franchises, and then Haslam on whether or not he's comfortable having Deshaun Watson on his team. Absolutely 100%. Andrew Barry, the GM, we believe Deshaun has strong, positive qualities. He does. He also has uh, a problem with masseuses and trying to get them to do things that uh, they don't want to do. And then that apology. For everybody that was affected by this situation, there were a lot of people that were triggered. That's the reason why you apologize? What an absolute joke. Boo to Sean Watson. And I'll leave it at that. Next on the front range four, Josiah Clark. We're going to dive into some, we're going to do a deep dive, I should say, a deep dive into some numbers here in the preseason. And we'll try and come up uh, with a better two. Or I'll get a couple of thoughts on a better two for him and maybe some strategery as well. Then it'll be Joe Madden, and that is next. Sharp Clark, at Sharp Clark, NFL on Twitter, joins me next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Kickoff football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook all season long. Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for all football-related content. Check out betrivers.com. Or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. 
cheer on your favorite teams, and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. You must be 21, got to be located in Colorado, and if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right, welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, Josiah Clark, 4for4.com. You can catch him on Twitter, at Sharp Clark. There's an E on the end of Clark. Thank you very much for hopping on. It's good that we got more betting people here in Denver. I know there's a lot of fantasy football people here in Denver. I think the betting crew is starting to add up a little bit, right? Definitely. With the legalization being one of the first states, uh, I, think, I think Denver has become a bit of a hotspot. Yeah, it really has. So you and I were having a little conversation beforehand about betting on the preseason. I love betting on the preseason. It's the only time that the coaches are going to tell you the game plan. We know who's starting. We know who isn't starting. So maybe it's not quite as much as numbers driven as information driven, right? What is your stand on betting the preseason? Uh, that's exactly right. A lot of betters, there's a huge edge to be had on preseason. Anytime you have a market that moves significantly from opening line to closing line, there's going to be a huge edge for people who are ahead of the information. And so people with strong betting networks, people with connections with these teams, people that basically have the information advantage have an opportunity to really rake in money, kind of like on, uh, during the draft process too. Neither of these markets are ones that I do well in because my my handicapping system is not built on information. It's built on me evaluating the teams better than the market does. And so that doesn't apply as much in the preseason. Okay. So how do you get an edge with all this information during the regular season? What's some of the process, some of the stats you use to try and weed everything out and make the best bets possible? My betting models have one input and that's my own numbers and the way that I generate those numbers is I watch every snap of every game and I have a kind of analytical framework that I use to grade performance on offense and defense for each team and so I'm, I'm using my own computer programs that basically run those numbers and then factor in things like injuries things like situation to identify when teams are outperforming or underperforming expectations and try to find the common denominators in those situations to identify when teams might be more successful or less successful than people think. All right, so I'm not going to, to ask you to give every week one play, but I do want to get into a, a regular season play that you like. Uh, and again, you can get these plays over at 444.com. To be completely transparent, it's a place that uh, I worked for three years. It's the only place I really have a subscription to that I pay for. VEASAN gives me one. Um, I love these guys. Absolutely love these guys. So, Josiah, can we talk just about one game week one that you like and why? Yeah, so I'll talk about a game that is, I, I have kind of a counter-market opinion. Like, there are plenty of games that I bet, but the line's moved, and so I don't want to give out bets that you can't get anymore. Mm -hmm. But there's one that's actually moving a little bit against me, and that's, I, I like the Titans week one against the Giants. I, right now, you can get minus five and a half. There's several reasons I, I like it. First of all, I think the Giants are overrated because... What ends up happening is these kind of echo chambers in the offseason where teams that are being bet uh, tend to pick up steam and momentum based on projection. So it's, you know, Brian Dable is going to make this team better. Look at the offensive line improvement. All these things are going to coalesce into a winning team. And the reason why people like it is because their schedule is so easy. And so their win total is seven and people like betting the over. But the thing is, they're not really a seven-win team. They're a bad team that has a really easy schedule, and so that's why the win total is set at seven. 
Um, and so I think that echo chamber has kind of overinflated the Giants' value when we've seen nothing on the field to prove that Daniel Jones can win. And we've got a really, really bad defense. And then on top of that, there are a bunch of matchup advantages that I like for the Titans. I, I think the Giants are just awful. You know, and you got your starting quarterback, Daniel Jones. Now he's got a neck issue. Who the hell knows if he can even stay healthy uh, for a lot of the season? Now, a lot of the pressure is going to be on Barkley and the running game. I'm not enamored with their uh, offensive line. I'm not really enamored with their defense either. To me, this is just a bad, this is a bad football team. And as far as the Titans go, yeah, we're looking at minus six now. We're looking at them six-point favorites at home. Is there a number or, or any type of system you use where you just see a number and you say, I'm just not going to bet it? Like, I know some pretty good bettors that have a hard stance. It's like, we're not betting three-and-a-half-point road favorites, okay? That's just a system they came up with. Is there anything that you feel comfortable or uncomfortable with when it comes to the spread? No, I mean, there's a timing issue. So, you know, if, if I like a team and say they're, you know, getting getting three and a half points, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to want to bet that early because moving to three is a significant difference. Whereas moving to four, you know, it, it doesn't change all that much. Whereas if you flip it around and you, you've got a, you know, minus 3.5, then the calculus changes because you kind of want to wait to see if that shifts to minus three because this, the change in value is drastic. Whereas if you lose it and you go to minus four, you're basically making a very, very similar play. Uh, what about uh, totals? Do you mess with totals very much or are you more of a side better? Mostly sides. Uh, with totals, it's all about just catching the wrong numbers. And so that usually happens on lookaheads or at the releases early in the week. Sometimes I'll just, I'll just look at the matchup and realize this number is just not quite right. Um, but I would say 90% of my plays are some form of size, whether it's spread, money lines, or team totals. What's your process trying to get the right numbers here? Because for me, I'm one of these geeks that you know, Monday morning, I think around 1 o'clock our time here in Mountain Time, 3 o'clock out on the East, they start dropping the, the next week's lines, right? You see a lot of that happening. And I try and get in and get the best numbers there. Same thing with the player props. I'll come up with my own numbers. We'll compare them when they drop. It really is about beating uh, the rest of the betters to the numbers, right? What is your process when it comes to getting the best number? Yeah, I have my my style is a lot less numbers driven than I think a lot of betters, and so I don't have you know a, a number on every game that I would bet, and you know on each side. What I have is I assume, especially once you get into like week four, five, six onwards, I assume that the market is going to be fairly accurate in terms of the difference in quality between two teams. And so what I'm looking for are specific matchup advantages that make me want to bet one side based on, you know, well, this team's going to be better in this game than it usually will be, and this team will be worse than it usually will be for X, Y, Z. And so when I find that situation, I'm, I want to bet that side of the game no matter what the number is. And so the question then becomes, do I anticipate the market moving in my favor or moving against me? And if I think it's going to move in my favor, I want to bet it right away. But if it's going to move against me, then I just wait and I wait and wait. And then once it moves and you know, gives me a better number, I'll play it later in the week. So it's just a, a matter of market recognition. Why have you had such an advantage in week ones? You say over the last two years, eight, one, and one. How, how does that happen? Uh, I spend a significant amount of time analyzing the year before. Um, and so having watched every snap of every game and having numbers on every single game allows me to accurately identify what we saw from every team last year better than the market. And so I think going into the season, I have a better sense of the, the teams. Of course, 
as more and more data points come in, as, as the early season winds down, what happened last year becomes much less relevant. And so being able to adapt is like a different set of skills. Whereas I think very early in the season, having a stronger sense of the year before is much more important. And that's, that is interesting too, because there's so much turnover, so much change, whether it be coaches, players, you know, whatever it is, there's so much turnover. So for you to be able to look back and apply that to this year, there's, are, are there certain things that you look at there? Because again, to be that successful and uh, adjust with all the changes, that's pretty damn impressive. Definitely. And the reason why I think I have an advantage is because I'm not looking at teams as like, well, you know, the market thought this team was better than it was. That's not a very interesting take and doesn't provide you a lot of value. What provides you more value is this team outperformed because X, Y, Z. So, you know, this team, Tom Brady, you know, hates pressure up the middle. So in games where his interior offensive linemen were out, the offense performed at a significantly worse level. He also throws downfield a ton, which relies on outside receivers getting open. So games in which Evans or Godwin were hurt, they were much worse. And so identifying the exact specific team strengths and weaknesses allows you to incorporate the offseason changes more accurately. So adding a player like A.J. Brown to the Eagles might have more significance than adding a player like A.J. Brown to the Packers or something. So, you know, you look at, like, the Packers' passing offense. Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the league, but I don't worry as much from the perspective of Aaron Rodgers as I would if he was leaving a quarterback like Cousins or Tannehill because Rodgers will always find the open man and, and he, can, he can see every spot on the field, whereas someone like Cousins or Tannehill is a bit more limited and reliant on a number one receiver like that. Player props, you dive into that? Not much, no. I, I'm The okay. four, four guys do a good job with that, but I'm much more focused on team strengths. They, they do a great job of it. They do an absolutely great job of it. Um, so tell us, Josiah, how do they get in touch with you? How do they follow your stuff? Because I think it's just fascinating uh, a lot of the work that you put into this. And it does seem a little different than a lot of other handicappers, which is something that I like. Innovative. Innovation, I would say. Yeah, I, I get I get the original moniker a lot, which I, I place, place a lot Good. of pride in. Uh, you can find me at Sharp Clark NFL on Twitter. So that's uh, Clark with an E. Um, and... 444.com is where my picks are. If you if you do want to subscribe, use the the promo code Sharp Clark, and I'll give you a discount. Um, but you can find any everything uh, I do on on Twitter. It was really good catching up with you, man. It's good that uh, you're out here in Denver. A lot of us betters out here now, and it's only going to get bigger. Uh, appreciate the time, my friend. I do, I really do. Josiah Clark, 444.com. There's an E on the end of Clark when you hit him up then. So make sure you do that. Next on the pod, Joe Madden, Joe Madden uh, podcast. She's got some preseason plays for us. Next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Kickoff football season with Bet Rivers online sportsbook all season long. Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for all football-related content. Check out betrivers.com. Or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. You must be 21, gotta be located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800 522 4700. Joe Madden from the Joe Madden podcast. Now she's got a, a two girls, one ball show with Lauren, the better. I mean, 
She's just blowing up right now. Wonderful to have you back on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Joe, you got a busy weekend. I know you got to enjoy the sun up there in Canada because you don't get uh, that much during the wintertime. Talk to me here. How's things going in the sports betting world? Things are going okay. It's been rough in baseball as of late. I'm hating baseball right now. I can't seem to pick a winner. I'm picking like for my free plays that I'm giving out nicely. I'm hitting those. Maybe I'm putting less thought into those than like my big solid picks that I'm like feel 100% confident in. So I don't know. Tra- changing a bit of strategy today. So we'll we'll see what happens. Ooh, strategy change. Let's talk about what's your strategy change here, Joe? What is it? Well, Just there, don't think about it? Yeah. So I like to bet like full games a lot, right? So for some of these games today, I've gone to that first five because I know those starting pitchers. That's where I can trust. And looking back at the games that I've had bets on this week that I've lost, I've won in that first five. If I would have taken the first five, I was on the right team in that situation. But when we get down to the last half of that game. The bullpens have let it go. So looking at those first fives today. Yeah, I'm looking at this Rockies-Giants game, trying to come up with a handicap. I talked about it already. You've got a Rockies team that's actually good at home, but now Blackman's hurt. I mean, their bullpen is fried. The Giants have owned them in the past. It's, it, you know what? It is tough betting on bad teams sometimes, you know? And that's what we got here in the Rockies. Like, no one gives a damn about them. They've got one of the best parks in baseball, so they sell a ton of tickets. The owner doesn't want to in, really invest in winning because he doesn't have to. He's going to make his money because people are going to show up at the park anyways. But that, to me, is the game that I just went back and forth on. And ultimately, I really can't come down with anything. I got to feel really confident in a baseball bet at this point to bet it just because there's just because football's coming up, you know, Absolutely. summertime, you had to bet it. It was the only thing that we were on. But for me, for the most part, Baseball season's coming to an end until October. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you on that. I'm the same way. The only thing I would be looking at would be the San Francisco Giants team total. I was just pulling that up. Over six, it's juiced at minus 122, so probably not worth it with the value there. But um, I'm confident in them to get the runs today. You would think so, right? I mean, the Rockies are just so bad. They're actually a 33-31 and team at home. It's just fascinating. They're the most bizarre team Probably in the history of the world. I have seen the total drop from 11 and a half to 11. Yeah. So maybe I need to dig back into that. But ultimately, mm-mm, mm-mm. what do we got football? Oh, by the way, Joe, before we get into the football thing uh, for tonight's games, holy moly, was that a sweat last night for the, the Seattle Bears game? If you were on the under like I was, Absolutely. Uh, it it was nail biting and my stomach got queasy because I thought I lost at one point in time and you had, you nailed it. Don't mess with Pete Carroll in the preseason. I, yeah. I, I'm glad I bet the under cause it won, but that easily could have gone the other way. Yeah. I totally could have gone over in that game and you know, Pete Carroll, he fights to the very end and that's what we saw out of him last night. That's why I was riding with Seattle laying the points. It was very clear at the start of the game. Seattle just was not able to get anything going. I couldn't believe what the Bears did to them at the start, but um, like we saw, Pete Carroll fought at the end. Very hard to go against him in preseason. I mean, again, I thought I lost. They, they had a touchdown catch. They reviewed it. I, there was a couple of reviews last night where they just didn't give a damn. They're like, eh, let's not worry about it. There was a guy that was down before the, before the uh, end zone. They just decided just to move on with it. It was absolutely fascinating. So, Joe, 
What do we got here on the gridiron for this weekend? You know, there's a couple I'm looking at. I really have to look at some of these spreads that I think are way too large. We look at the Kansas City-Washington uh, Commanders game. We've got a five-and-a-half-point spread here for Kansas City. I think it's too many points. Andy Reid is another one of those coaches that really doesn't push in preseason. We see that with Sean McVay as well for the Rams. So I am fading KC because I'm fading Andy Reid in preseason not to push, not to get his players in situations where they could get hurt. He's just out there for the practice of the game. He's not out there to win. If we see Mahomes out there for two series, let's. if I guaranteed you yeah. two series for Mahomes, would that change your mind at all? No, not at all. So that would okay. push me on the over. Because then I think we'll see Kansas City score a couple of really quick touchdowns there with him out. But otherwise, I really do think Washington plus those points. I mean, they get, Washington's got a lot to fix up here <laughs> over the last two weeks before the season starts. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to push Mahomes in there. Yeah. Maybe for more than two. Uh, but I do think that he's going to play a little bit tonight. Uh, let's see here. In line to play as much as the first half on Saturday. So that's an over the bet for you. Yeah, absolutely. Take the over 44 in that one. I just, I really, I struggle to see if Mahomes will play a full half. They can't get him hurt. What happens if Mahomes goes down? He yeah, can't go they're down. Done. Yeah. They're completely done. Andy Reid just hasn't given a damn about it too much yeah. in the past, but um, all right. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. We also, what do we got here? We got uh, any other games that you're on this weekend in the preseason? Yeah, I'm looking at the Las Vegas Raiders to keep rolling. They're only laying a point here going into Miami. They're 2-0 and so far in the preseason, 2-0 and against that spread. I think they have something to prove this team, and I think they keep rolling here. Just laying a point. I just don't see Miami coming out really strong in this one. So, going to roll with Vegas. I just... I think it's a safe way to go. There's a couple others I'm looking at, Holden. Um, really interesting. The 49ers and the Vikings. You know, Kirk Cousins out for the Vikings with COVID. We see the 49ers. I am expecting a bit out of Jimmy G. You know, we don't know what is happening with Jimmy G in this one. I think really the 49ers plus the points. It's a lot of a lot of points there, four and a half. So that is a ton of points. It is. And I don't understand how the Vikings are such huge favorites in this one. Right? I expected this to be a two-point line for the Vikings being at home in this one. So I got to grab the 49ers plus the points. And then you know I'm a complete um, homer. So I'm going to take my LA Chargers here, <laughs> laying those three points. But I think what we saw out of the Chargers last week, we really did see um, great ability out of the running back Kelly. Now, he's been with the team a couple years. He really hasn't played much. They're fighting for the second spot for the running back position between uh, Spiller and Roundtree and Kelly. So I think these guys are fighting for it. We're going to see a lot of plays on the ground. Justin Herbert's going to be out for a little bit in this one. So I'm looking for a solid game out of the Chargers this time. Hmm. Uh, so let me finish this thing up with some football here. I want to get your thoughts on the Deshaun Watson ruling. So I came on with you yesterday. It was just kind of breaking when we started doing the show and we, your show, and we really didn't get into it too deep. Talk to me here. What are your thoughts on the 11 games and the 5 million and his apology too? His apology is an apology. It's, I don't even know what that is. I really mm -hmm. hope I, I, 
I cannot see a way that he's innocent in this. And if he is innocent, I really, I don't know. I can't see it happening. But I don't think he should be in the lake, Holden. I, I look at it to a point where we have kids looking up to these players. So you have players in situations like this where sexual assault of multiple, multiple women, right, mm -hmm. is what he's been charged. Well, I guess he's not charged with, but this is the accusations against him. I struggle to see him on the field. I struggle to see kids wearing his jersey because he's a role model in our society. I think athletes need to be held to a higher standard. We have athletes that have tested for drugs that have been kicked out for longer, right? Like this is, I don't understand it. It is totally backwards to what I expected. I didn't expect him to be in the league this year. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting. I did expect him to be in the league this year, but not because I think he should be in the league yeah. this year, just because the NFLPA was going to, to sue and the NFL obviously wanted the full season, but they also didn't want to get dragged through a court process. I think they just wanted this thing to be over at this point. Unfortunately for the NFL, it's not going to be over uh, because he's got to play Houston when he comes back. So no matter what, this will continue to be a story, probably for Deshaun Watson's life. Absolutely. Okay, because I remember Michael Vick with the dogs. I mean, even when Michael Vick came back, they would still mention it every single broadcast. This is going to be a scarlet letter on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And no absolutely. Question. And, you know, Michael Vick, I have the same feelings about him. I didn't think that he should have come back into the league. I don't care how talented a player is. And yes, he did his time and everyone said everyone deserves a second chance. Well, my problem is, Holden, if Deshaun Watson was anyone else in society what would mm -hmm. what would be happening to him right now prison prison so why are we putting these athletes and allowing them to make millions of dollars to be leaders in the community when yep. anyone else in society would be in jail i know i know it's it's absolutely fascinating and we know why because uh, guys with talent or even ladies with talent they're going to get uh, extra room Wiggle room. It's just the, the facts of the matter. Yeah. These guys are out to make money. The owners are out to make money. And if they can get the best player there, like Haslam is, is a piece of garbage too. And I've yeah. said this before, you know, he's, he's had uh, a lot of shady things going on with his career. And then he goes out and he trades for Deshaun Watson. He says, Oh, he didn't do anything wrong. And then he says, everybody deserves a second chance. Haslam is every bit as well. He's not every bit as bad, but Haslam, Dan Snyder, these to me are the two worst owners in the national football league. Yeah, absolutely. And it does come down to money because if this was a third string quarterback that no one really knew his name, he'd be gone. He'd be completely yeah. gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to money, which is so sad in our society. So many things do. Yes. Yes, ma'am. All right, let's leave on a happy note. Why don't you tell us how awesome your shows are? What's coming up here on this Friday? Oh, it's going to be a great day. I've got my cup of joe coming out. I'm also guesting on a couple shows. I have two chicks, one ball with Lauren the better. So excited for that. I'm really sad, though. My Calgary Flames traded Monaghan. I am just devastated on this. They got Kadri. You got Kadri, though. Aren't you happy? You took him from us. I still... I'm going to miss Monaghan. We lost we lost so many this um, this offseason. So I'm really sad for my Calgary Flames. It's not going to look like the same team. But, yeah, Kadri is amazing. But at the mm -hmm. loss of Monaghan, I didn't find this out till today. I missed it yesterday. So I shed a little tear this morning. 
You're going to be okay, though, Joe. Check out all of her work there at Joe Madden Sports. I want to thank our producer, Stephen Jung, for making the show just amazing. Official play, again, under 42. If it's under 41 and a half, you're fine for the Broncos. Uh, Bills game, and then Josiah Clark, who hopped on as well, give us some uh, some numbers, some inside numbers here in the National Football League to help us with betting. For Joe, I'm Holden. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week. I'll have a breakdown Monday of the preseason game between the Bills and the Broncos on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.